So so I wonder if once you realize you're Canadian, you just throw on flannel and start saying a boot a lot. And then you're eligible for the draft. <laughs> hey, no doot to boot it. I have a cousin that he came from Newfoundland once. And it <laughs> turns out when I was playing in the California that I'm actually part Canadian. No doot to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rude. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook by the way, John, well, I guess welcome, episode 65, the Tune Out CFL podcast, Fraser and Curra here. I, I That poutine bit in the intro reminds me, there's a food truck here in Red Deer called Cheddar Heads, and okay. it's basically uh, grilled cheese on steroids. Uh-huh. They have a poutine grilled cheese this summer. Can you explain the logistics of said sandwich to me, for I am quite intrigued. Basically, I have to look at the photo again, but it's just <laughs> grilled cheese. Like, you got cheese, you got fries, you got curds, you got bread, and it's a sandwich. You know, when you say you look at the photo, I'm sure you mean, like, go on Facebook and look at it, but I envision you having a printed-out photo of this grilled cheese poutine <laughs> sitting, like, taped to, like, your mirror in your bedroom that you kiss your lips with your fingers and then touch it every morning and go, I love you, poutine cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's a secret folder on my phone that my wife could never see. There's like poutine, <laughs> bacon-wrapped bacon. Uh, <laughs> but see, it, see it, needs, it needs a different term because it's like, I sure hope you're not, um, well... You knowing a gentleman never a gentleman never kisses and tells. Oh, this is okay. This, we have a new record for first off the rails in the shortest amount of time. <laughs> Are we still a football podcast? Hey, I I think so. Let's let's get to the <laughs> football talk, okay? <laughs> in the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. Well, it is fun. Well, I, you know, I, I'm trying to eat healthier, and I'm just sitting here, and now I'm starving, and I want to try to recreate this poutine grilled cheese sandwich by myself. I mean, I know we're not like the Piffles guys that have their own poutine sponsorship. <laughs> My, so I ate healthy in April. Okay. I failed hard in... Uh, no, I ate healthy in March. I failed in April. So okay. May, I will eat healthy again. So you're just going to alternate months. So I we're going to have like skinny Trav and then big Trav. You know, that's better than before. <laughs> that, that's fair. You know what? Hey, only being big Trav for half the year is an improvement. So next year I can make a goal for 60% of the year and 70, you know, so on and so on. That's right. And you know what they say, 60% of the time it works every time. Exactly. So <laughs> we haven't done a show since March 28th. I know the other stuff is old news, but I think we should touch on it briefly at least. Uh, I guess the bombshell about a week after we recorded episode 64 was the Eskimos firing Ed Hervey. And now, of course, we know Brock Sunderland. Uh, he was the assistant GM in Ottawa. Now he's the man in Edmonton. 
What went through your mind when that happened? I was shocked, surprised, um, but I guess if you take a look at, and I was having a great conversation with with Daniel Kranitz from the Onside uh, Fantasy Podcast, and him and I were talking about the Ed Hervey impact actually last night during the draft, and as Dan points out, you look at what's happened to the group of Canadians that the Eskimos have had over the years, and it's just kind of, in a very Joe Mackian way, it's gone from being really good to not too pretty bad to, oh, God, nobody get hurt. Let's wrap them all in bubble wrap because we're completely screwed if we don't. <laughs> so I guess, you know, on the surface, you see Grey Cup winning general manager. I just don't like that there was no real reason why he was fired. It was all very vague. Like, I don't know. He, like, did some stuff. I didn't really like um, <laughs> well, your face. The press conference was so bizarre. It was basically... If if that speech went before Ed Hervey going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, it would sound exactly the same. <laughs> it made it was the weirdest press conference I've ever seen. Like like if if the guy's a knob, just come out and say, "Guy's a knob. I don't want to work with him anymore." I, I agree. Can fire him. That's I that's agree. what I can do. <laughs> I totally agree. So. I guess maybe they fired him before the Eskimos hit rock bottom. Is that the thought? Maybe, or although with the way their draft looked, they were drafting Project Canadians last night, which really surprised me when, you know, you need immediate impact guides. Okay, I'm even boring myself with this, Travis. I'm yawning so hard. Well, was that... That was a yawn. Was that real? We're, we're recording this. We're recording this a little later. I promised not to. I, I promised you I wouldn't give, <laughs> give two word answers. We're but five I didn't minutes you I in. Yawn. We're five minutes in, and you're. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm yawning. I'm, la- sore. I'm, a, I'm apologizing for my yawning because I'm being very Canadian right now. L- last year, uh, they took a couple guys that may never even get to the CFL because they have the NFL contracts down south. So it, it seems like Ed Hervey was big on that, trying to hit the big home run, and now they've drafted a few more project guys this year. Yeah, it's it's all very strange. I mean, I'm waiting to see how much Brock Sunderland had to do with the development of the Canadian talents in Ottawa because, I mean, that's obviously a massive, massive strength of theirs. So, yeah, it was, and it's one of those reasons, one of those moments that I'm like, couldn't you have just done it like the night we podcasted? Like, if you thought he was a jerk, you don't just decide a guy's a jerk in a day. Like, come on, Eskimos, think of the little guys. <laughs> I just think it was the timing that's that's been the bizarre thing all you know this off season because the oh, next yeah. the next news item maybe not exactly surprising, but again. The timing, Jeffrey Orridge, in quotation, steps down slash gets fired as CFL commissioner. Uh, what is Jeffrey Orridge's legacy as commissioner? Sending a signed football to the greatest CFL podcast that ever existed, if you just asked them. <laughs> There's no other podcast worth listening to, so why are we even doing this? I don't know. Well, that's why we're doing it late at night and talking about poutine and stuff. Uh, and, uh, again, could be talking about water bottles. But I I really – I don't know. I I, I was quite critical of or- Orridge, and I had kind of come around on him. I mean, following Mark Cohan was just such a tough act to follow. And it just 
Oh, I guess he just didn't seem genuine. Does that make any sense? Like, he didn't seem genuine or genuinely interested. And the only, I mean, my slight myth with him is he reached out directly to us here on the podcast and said, hey, I'd love to come on and, and continue the conversation about the league and then just ghosted us forever and for always. Yeah, I don't know if uh, we've ever really revealed that, but last December... He sends us a direct message on Twitter. After I had trashed him about something pretty good, too. And then he says, hey, I'd love uh, to come on to the podcast. I love discussion about the league. I love passionate fans. And then we said, yeah, sure. Let's set up a time. And then he said, yeah, we will make it happen before the season. And then he disappeared. Yeah, I guess... Maybe that's why he left. He felt so guilty about ghosting us that, you know. And then, he, and then he did his podcast tour with, like, everybody but us. And I was a little hurt. A little hurt. Now, the, the, the draft was, I think, I don't know about you. I don't know if I've ever seen a CFL draft get talked about as much as this one. And between the coverage from... All the great podcasters and Justin Dunk and Marshall Ferguson, those guys are doing great work. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and the combine with CFL Week in Regina, uh, is that his legacy? Like, did he do something really positive without us really knowing? Because this draft was a bigger deal than I ever remember it ever being. But I don't know if he has anything to do with that. Well, because the draft has always just been, to me, I still don't think the draft is televised enough. I think there's a fundamental flaw by <laughs> Canada's two major sports networks to show the CIA or the U-Sports game and, it, to that extent, a little bit of Canadian junior football. So, I mean, you still have so many people watching the draft that don't know who any of these guys are. Now, yeah. CFL week with the Combine and this passing tournament and all that, that was... That was really cool, and I mean, if that's his legacy, but again, I think CFL Week maybe works in three, maybe four markets, and until it becomes, I mean, we're talking about the Grey Cup attendance struggling, and it's a fun idea, but I mean, you put it outside of Regina, Winnipeg, Hamilton, or Ottawa, and does it even register a blip on the radar? That's a good question, and maybe that's why they have talked about keeping it in Regina next year. Which might not be a bad idea. I mean, I'd, I would like to see it move out to Hamilton. Again, I might actually have a chance to attend it if it's in Regina next year. But needless to say, it's if his legacy is CFL week, was that more a product of his ideas or more of a product of the market it went to? Yeah. He, <laughs> he was a business guy, and it was very clear from the onset that he wasn't a CFL guy. And that's what fans want. Well, that's that's what I think is best for the league when you have somebody that, you know, when I say he wasn't genuine, I, I never once got from him the impression that he was as passionate as even some of the casual fans. You know, I, I just, mm -hmm. I, I feel like if you asked him who the Las Vegas posse were, I just don't know if there'd be a connection. And he was very savvy as a businessman and, a very, to me, when he wasn't lawyer speaking, he was very good. But I just, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like everything, ab I, I just felt like everything about him was a show. And and I didn't feel like he's the, he was the kind of fit that the CFL needed. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe, but I mean, look at, 
look at where we are. You still have only one round of the draft being televised. Instead, we get World Beach Soccer and whatever other crap the TSN feels <laughs> like putting on. You still have a problem where your U Sports rights are on the same network as just about everything else and is getting next to no exposure. I mean, to me, that would have been, if I stepped in as commissioner, that's priority one. We got we to gotta get people figuring out that there's a connection between U Sports and the, CF, and the CFL and start that early and start that often. So, I don't know. Is the league any better than it was when Orridge took over? I don't think so. Is it any worse? I don't think so. It's just, it's very blah. I guess all it's all relative. I, I thought that the draft coverage by TSN was very well done. They had two rounds on yesterday, and then, uh, I mean, the Oiler game was a blowout, so, oh, and I really don't care about either team, so I was watching on my laptop as uh, my wife was watching the Oiler game, and I watched the entire thing. I mean, for the most part, they really only covered the two rounds. After that, they just kind of... Naylor, Farhan, and uh, who else was on there? Uh, they were just basically talking about the highlights of the draft, not everything in detail like they were for the first two rounds. And I guess relative to previous years, it was excellent. Could it be yes. better? Absolutely. Well, I just I don't understand as a guy that maybe I'm a little old school and maybe it's because my laptop doesn't really work that well anymore that I'm just – like, why, why are you putting beach soccer on? You have five feeds. You're already doing the production work. Take it off of TSN1. Put it on TSN5. Leave it on TV. Like, yeah. That, that, I don't see the harm in that. Like That I'm is interesting. There, I, I, sorry, Trevor, but I, like, I'm sitting there enjoying the hockey, and I'm watching the hockey. I've been watching the, I've been really enjoying these NHL playoffs. I would have been flipping back and forth. Instead, I watched an Oiler game that meant nothing because I'm like, eh. I could get the laptop out, but it barely works these days. Well, and that's the interesting part because, I mean, they're already doing the work. It's already on TSN Go. I, I don't know the business behind it. I, I'm not going to pretend I do. But even yep. Schultz left after the second round. He was like, screw this. Uh. <laughs> well, that, that's because – but there's also, there's also the fact that, you know what, I'm sure – and this is not a slight to anybody that works at TSN – I'm sure there are names. There are names that come off that draft board that even they don't know. Are well, coming. I agree. Like you even look at the the mock drafts; they were yeah. all completely out to lunch compared to what actually happened. Oh, and it is. It's, it's such a unique. <laughs> you can't predict predict it. No, the draft is so the CFL draft is so uniquely weird in the sense that you're often not taking the best player who's available because you're worried he may jet to the NFL yeah. for a while. You know, and then a lot of times you're not drafting, you know, based on the best player available or anybody that's done notable things, but, you know, on who, on where your need is the most. It's just, it's, it's, it's a really different animal. But I mean, you know, when you have teams that are drafting players that are actually retired, I can't blame the TSN crew for not being able to give 10, 10 minutes of in-depth analysis for a guy who, you know, didn't play last year and announced he's retired yeah farhan Dwayne ford and uh yeah that's who the name was dave naylor I, th I thought they did a fine job and next year hey maybe they even do more so couple more news items before we get there we'll do it in like 10 seconds the argos get sj green in a trade one word on that 
They're still terrible. <laughs> I'll count that as one word. Okay, good. <laughs> the, the Riders and Lions get some fines uh, from last year. Uh, it seemed like the did the Riders get fined for the same stuff? It, I mean, <laughs> Jones, boo. Yeah, and Wally, uh, he was doing the old Godfather stuff and got caught. And, and then we'll finally get to the draft. Actually, right before, five players lost eligibility due to doping. Uh, do you find it weird that you sports players are getting caught and no pros, really? Yeah, the testing, I think, in U sports is a little tougher, maybe, than the pros. I mean, I, as far as I know, the tests are random. And actually, you had a guy, well, one of the guys, technically, Rashawn Simonized, did get busted as a pro. We got busted when he was at NFL camp. Right. Uh, hence why he went to the exile for the Canadian Junior Football League and uh, watching Rashawn Simonized, not, who was used to having NFL and top-level U sports quarterbacks throw to him, not have top level quarterbacks throw to him was actually kind of funny. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I, I got to see it firsthand. I was in Kelowna for his big debut, and he just kept looking back at the quarterback, like, "Man, where the hell are you throwing?" And uh, that's probably it, the worst part about being a receiver. Like, you can only do so much, man. Yeah, I always felt bad for my my receivers in the in the Lloydminster Flag Football League because you know I'm terrible. <laughs> Oh, if there was a lazy boy or an office chair in the field, I would destroy it. <laughs> yeah, you would. I, you are the greatest armchair quarterback that ever existed. I don't, I don't I know why I'm so good at I can't so wait until we it. can make it to a Grey Cup again and recreate that challenge. They even had it in Toronto where they had the tires hanging, and I sat down and I scored like 30% off at the Argo shop. Like, I'm just good at sitting down and throwing footballs. <laughs> I can I can attest to this. You did. Me, a guy who actually knows how to throw a ball pretty well, got completely destroyed by old Trav in his armchair form. <laughs> Let's try and make some sense of this draft. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. We Neither of us claim to be draft experts. If you want expert analysis... You're probably going to have to go make a listen to the Three Down Nation or yeah. Rouge Radio or something like this. So this is Travin John's very um, Travin John look at the at uh, the draft. Yes, nine University of Calgary Dinos were drafted. That's a record. Now the interesting thing: the first round, no linemen taken until the eighth pick. The last time this happened, I looked into it. The year two thousand. Uh, when a lineman went 13th overall, but I think it was because two picks were actually forfeited. So I don't know. Was that technically 11th? And then in 2001, <laughs> a lineman went 7th overall. But that's 16, 17 years ago. And then six linemen go in the second round. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. The talk going into this draft is that a lot of the players would be project guys instead. Because mm -hmm. last year... There was Alex Singleton steps in. We know what he did. Taylor Loeffler steps in. We know what he did this yeah. year. Quite different uh, is is the talk so far. Well, I think, and that's the biggest reason why you saw Winnipeg take who they did at number one. He is already committed to a three-year deal, already said he's going to come play in Canada. I do like the fact that the Riders essentially have said, okay, if this works out, here's Hen Henok Moamba's backup. 
I mean, going out, getting a young, super talented Canadian that can play some special teams and learn from one of the best. And that was one place on the rider depth chart. I was going, okay, what happens if Mwamba goes down? And here's hoping they've found their guy there. And then they knew that they could hold off and, until the late rounds. But I think you're right, Trev. I think this draft was a little weird in the sense that even when you see Winnipeg taking, you know, a lineman at eighth overall, they're flat out saying, yeah, okay, he's got an NFL contract. We'll we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, normally you don't see those guys take until the third round. Yeah, let's let's uh, I got a list of the guys that currently have some NFL stuff going on right now. Cameron Judge from the Riders. I mean, he's he's going to rookie camp this weekend with Houston. That's about it. I think they're banking on him not sticking with Houston, but Anthony well- well, I think I read today that Chris Jones or or he, or he himself said that if he doesn't get an invite to Maine Texans camp, he's right. fully committed to the CFL this year. Uh, Anthony Eau Claire, he was from Laval. Uh, he's got a contract with Tampa Bay. And team NFL teams have been hot on him all year. He almost fits more of an NFL role than a CFL role to me. Yeah, I think he actually does uh, because the tight end, he, he seems almost too big to be a slot back. Yeah, uh, and t- teams don't really use tight ends as much as they used to. A- anyway, up in Canada, he, I'm not—I mean, throwing names around here—but he's got the size and athleticism of even a guy like Rob Gronkowski. Like he's a big boy. Oh yeah, he's a big, mean man who can catch the ball. And I mean, uh, if he ends up coming to Canada, I'm sure they're going to find somebody will find a way to make him very good yeah. i mean he was very very good at laval and you, he's a guy you can almost start designing offenses around and make sure you're getting him the ball in the right spots uh jeff gray uh the bombers picked him uh he's got a contract with green bay justin senior picked by the eskimos he got actually he got drafted by seattle in the sixth round mm-hmm. and eli anku uh picked by the red blacks he is got a contract with Houston. Now, uh, there's a lot of talk here. The Bombers had two picks in the first round. Yeah, they did. Maybe not the salary to pay two guys first round money, so they go with the NFL guy and it doesn't count against the cap this year. Well, I mean, that's the, that's always a possibility. Or you're also going with a guy who's played for the Manitoba Bisons that yeah. probably wasn't going to be around on that draft board much longer, right? I mean, he was pretty well the consensus number one pick. And and like you said, I mean, the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I never thought I would say this in my life, are actually fairly deep with Canadian talent for the first time basically ever. Um, so they can afford to go out and take the guy who's the consensus best lineman and say, hey, you know what, you go do your thing in the States, make a whole bunch of money, and then please don't leave us to go make more money as an insurance salesman or something. What did you think about the Bombers taking a kicker? No, I do have a clip here from Kyle Walters talking about drafting that kicker. You hit me with that clip, and I will tell you what I think. Felix Menard Breer is the best kicker in the draft, and, and each year we talk about bringing one in and drafting, develop him. Um, you know, with, with Justin, uh, with Justin Medlock, not going to be taking all the reps all through training. So we needed, we were going to bring a kicker into training camp. You know, we'd be looking at some American guys, but you know, drafting, drafting uh, the best kicker in the draft doesn't count as a training camp roster spot, which goes into it. And he's uh, he's a stronger punter right now in his development than a field goal kicker, which you know, again. Um, 
if Justin ever needs a break, it would be from the punting, not the field goal kicking. So it's a nice it's a nice fit for us from a training camp. Uh, he has another year of eligibility left, so it's a it's a it's a nice way to bring him in and evaluate him and, and see where he fits in after training camp. Okay, there is Kyle Walter's answer there. Now, what did you? Now, it's not so shocking that uh, they they took a kicker. What's shocking is that they already maybe have the best kicker of all time. Well, there's that. That's the only reason I didn't like it. I thought maybe they jumped on a little early, but again, that's one of those spots where, yeah, maybe you jump a little early to get the, and and wait a minute, what is his name again? Can you can you give it to me again, Travis? Oh, justice. <laughs> you're not the big French guy, so you're going for me to do it. No, 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 no. I just want you to pronounce it, and I'll say how I think it's actually said. Oh, okay, okay. Felix Menard Briere. Felix Menard Briere. <laughs> that was so prejudiced. <laughs> no, I just mean it just sounds like like I, I like the way it sounds. It's like... You like oh, it? I do like it. I just feel like I, I could see, like... They'll call him Felix the Cat. Um, <laughs> we'll be going Felix the Chat or something. I, like, I don't know. I, I just like the name Felix. It is a good name. I just, I just, could you have a more French Canadian name? Probably not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I love about it. And he's a very good kicker. And at first, as you could tell from my Twitter feed, I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of the move. And then it's like, wait a minute. Then I actually started doing my research, so maybe I should like research before I tweet. Yeah, that, I think that's a problem we all have. Uh, well, that's a problem most have a little more than me, but I fell <laughs> victim to it last night because I was doing dishes and catching up on episodes of Better Call Saul. So but- this guy, uh, it's basically, Medlock's amazing at kicking field goals, and I and I think he's good at punting. Do, is is this the goal to maybe groom him for that? Well, I, from Kyle Walters' comments, it kind of almost sounded like that a little bit. But, I mean, realistically, he does have a year left of eligibility, so he can go back to school after training camp. And you know what? You're not going to have Justin Medlock kick every single ball, and he's not going to be there forever. So here's a guy you can draft, send him back to U Sports next year, and yeah. reevaluate. Because maybe, again, with some of Winnipeg's cap issues, if – Justin Medlock starts slipping at all you start looking at that maybe a position if you've got a guy you've drafted and developed and you trust that's a spot where you could you know maybe start moving away so at first I hated the move but I'm kind of angry a lot so (laughs) after I had a moment to make a relax and really enjoy how awesome his name is it uh I think I came around on it I don't hate the move anymore I just miss Sergio he was great Oh, Sergio Castillo. <laughs> so you can't say I'm prejudiced. I just I just love kickers' names that played in Winnipeg. That, you're just an idiot. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's stay on the prairies uh, and go to Regina. Now, okay, now I'm going to play both sides here. They draft an offensive lineman by the name of Eddie Meredith. Now, oh, don't go. Now, everybody including me, thought this guy was retired. Chris Jones has a different story. John, listen to Chris Jones and his beautiful Southern drawl. Oh, uh, I love it. Let's see what he has to say. He came out here and tried out for us uh, yesterday. 
and uh, he was six six and a half, about uh, three hundred fifteen pounds, and uh, he vertical twenty five, and all of his numbers were uh, he bench pressed two twenty five, twenty two times, and so uh, we put him in there, and uh, we filmed it and looked at it over and over and over, and uh, we we spoke to him for a long time, and he assures us that he does want to play football. So uh, he made a thirty one on the Wonderlick, so he's a pretty highly qualified guy. Uh, and off of his film in the past, we had him graded in top five. So we felt very fortunate to be able to get him in the fourth. So Chris Jones is gushing about this guy, but there's a lot of controversy saying that, hey, this guy retired, and he actually might be 100 pounds lighter than what Jones just said he was. That's the rumor. I took a listen to uh, the Three Down Nation Snap yeah. podcast after the draft where – our friend, and to me, again, no matter how many people give us crap for this, one of the very best in the business, an all-around great guy, Justin Dunk, comes on that podcast and says, he's not 315. <laughs> he's 225. Wow. So it's it's very interesting, and I, I mean, it's not like they drafted a dead guy. I mean, that's, I mean drafting a retired guy pretty bad and if they've done their due diligence and he does come to camp if he's here in my in my current place of living being saskatoon if he is here at griffith stadium it could very well be the steal of the draft absolutely and i'll be the first to admit i trust dunk before i trust jones but oh, it, I, I'm absolutely with you on this one, too, Travis. Is it possible that Jones pulled a fast one on the rest of the league? I don't know if it is, because why are other teams... It didn't sound like there was much demand for him from other teams. It sounded like Justin Dunk is saying uh, publicly he was only 225 pounds. Dwayne Ford was basically saying, don't draft this guy. He didn't play last year. So it's just... I almost wonder again, because Jones's track record when it comes to acquiring some players, it doesn't seem like, for whatever reason, him or his crew really do their due diligence. I mean, you look at how many players they've traded for that have suddenly retired, that have previously yeah. made public statements saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm only going to play in Southern Ontario. Oh, wait, uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm done. I'm just going to retire. So, you know, now you have a guy that... If he is 315 pounds, if Justin Dunk is wrong, which he rarely is, despite you know all the Ryder fans that want to absolutely skim the hairs and boil down in semantics like they're a bunch of prairie lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I be, I'll be the first to admit, if he's here in Saskatoon for camp and he is actually 315 pounds and he's anything like he was when he played at Western, it is the steal of the draft in the fourth round. And if it and if it isn't, if he is two hundred twenty five pounds working full time, that means Jones just took two two picks and just pissed them away for a guy with an NFL contract and another guy who's retired. <laughs> well, and we know Jones likes those versatile athletes. Uh, Cameron Judge, who plays linebacker with UCLA, he could work in, into being a Sam here. Mm -hmm. He could be a safety. He'll instantly destroy on special teams. Hey, maybe this guy can uh, play safety too. <laughs> yeah, let's just get a whole bunch of Canadian safeties at two twenty-five. It just—it's—it's it, it's a surprising move, and until pen is put to paper, I will remain skeptical. 
But again, if he shows up to Saskatoon, he's 315 pounds. I'll be the first to admit that I was wrong. And I will then all of a sudden change the rider's draft grade to, you know, a very impressive one, right? It's just until then, you, you know, in your fourth round where you should still be getting serviceable CFL players, you're instead, again, on a guy that has been highly touted by NFL teams and another guy that is, by all accounts, retired. <laughs> I want to stick with the Riders draft for a bit here. They end up picking uh, Mitchell Picton, 37th overall. Uh, last year, he had 58 catches for 834 yards and 11 touchdowns. So that looks pretty darn good. Now, this is the really interesting thing. Last year, there's a receiver for the Ottawa GGs named Mitchell Baines, and yes. he doesn't get drafted. So he's still got a year of U Sports eligibility. He goes back, he plays. This year, he's the leading receiver in U Sports, 65 catches, eight touchdowns, 984 yards. Well, the Riders signed him to their neg list in October, and now they have him under contract. Picton, obviously, they just drafted him. And now Rob Bag and Nick Dembski. So all of a sudden, the Canadian depth at receiver in Saskatchewan looks pretty good. Yeah, well, it's. You're right, and that was the one place, I mean, they've got all these big, big, big-name American receivers, but, you know, it, it kind of looks like they are going to go with a 4-in-1 alignment, so you are going to need somebody out there. You need to develop guys behind Bag and Dembski. We don't really know. I think Nick Dembski so far has been a bit of a disappointment compared to the dominant force he was in U-sports. Well, and I wonder if he'll uh, jet to uh, Winnipeg after his contract, too. Well, and that's another serious consideration, right? So now you're getting picked in. You're getting a guy who already has three career touchdowns at New Mosaic Stadium. So, you know, you are getting the career leader in touchdowns. He's the leading receiver in New Mosaic history. Absolutely he is. So that's always a good (laughs) acquisition. So it's a local kid. You always got to feel good. You know, give him an honest honest chance at, at making the team and see what he can do. I mean, obviously I've seen him firsthand for a few years now, you know, covering and being at Saskatchewan Husky games, I think I think it's a great pick. I mean, it's a better pick than somebody that's retired. And they also drafted offensive lineman Darius Bladek. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I screwed I that up, one? didn't I? I screwed that one up, didn't I? Uh, Darius Bladek. <laughs> that that sounds like like it sounds like he definitely has uh, eaten a pierogi or two. Now, it feels like this guy actually fell a little bit in the draft. He won the Larry Little Offensive Lineman of the Year Award. And then he. there's been a lot of it in this draft. Shady guys who have like a cousin that was Canadian, and then they get the dual citizenship, and then they can <laughs> plop him in as a, as a Canadian. And uh, I believe what happened was this guy is he declared for the NFL draft, didn't get picked, so he didn't get do anything last year and then the riders go on him this year so if him and the retired guy <laughs> turn out at camp yeah then all of a sudden the riders draft looks pretty darn good well the top the top end of it looks really good as you mentioned getting getting the judge and getting uh a guy that we think might be Ukrainian, so we're just going to roll with it um, at the uh, when do we see the rider store selling gavels <laughs> because I really want one. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's such a great it's such a great name, but it again, is. Chris Chris Jones says that, 
you, if you let ever if you read every report before, they were between the lineman and the linebacker at number two overall, and they managed to get them both. So I mean, yeah. it's not a complete waste of a draft here for the Riders. I mean, we we're all going to make the bun, brunt of all the jokes because of them drafting a retired guy, but it's to me uh, the rest of it outside of that fourth round. That fourth round, they went a little wacky tobacky, but outside of that, it's all good. I don't know about you, but whenever I see the Calgary Stampeders trading up in a draft, I think, oh, my God, they know something we don't know. Uh, They're drafting the next Warren Moon. We are all screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just... It just seems that way, doesn't it? I mean, it just seems like that they just have some sort of factory where they just print out CFL players like somebody prints out, I don't know, paint cans. What do you make in a factory these days anyways? <laughs> well, last year, like similar kind of thing happened with Alex Singleton. Yep. And and then now they, they, they trade up and they draft Randy Calling, who's played the last four years with the Cleveland Gladiators. So it's not like this guy's just a kid. He's playing in the Arena Football League. It it struck me as kind of weird. Yeah, it was... I almost wonder if that's the first ever CFL draft pick from the Arena Football League. It might be. What What is next? A draft pick from the Legends Football League? No, no. my... <laughs> <laughs> all, all jokes all jokes aside on that one though it's same thing it's 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 calgary always seems to be so good at drafting and development you have to assume that they do know what they're doing getting basically a grown-ass man out of a lower <laughs> level of pro ball i think it's another savvy move they just keep they just keep doing it and they don't look to be slowing down to me you know in this draft you had seven teams well really six teams drafting for now and and three that were seemingly taking shots, you know, those home run shots at the future in, you know, in the Riders, in Edmonton, and a little bit Winnipeg. But, yeah, put it this way, I I think every team should hire some of those Russian hackers that are always so talked about, (laughs) the ones from the 4chan. The ones that changed the American election. (laughs) That's right. And they should just, like, slide them like a, you know, a fin back and a double-double and a sampling of the world's greatest poutines and just say, listen, can you just go in and and use your interwebs and, like, whatever we see on CSI to just go and get the Calgary Stampeders draft list and just make it your draft list. Oh, I think that's what they do to get these guys Canadian citizenships. Hey, your 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 seventh cousin, fourth removed, uh, is a Canadian. Uh. <laughs> so, so I wonder if once you realize you're Canadian, you just throw on flannel and start saying a boot a lot. And then you're eligible for the draft. <laughs> hey, no doot to boot it. I have a cousin that he came from Newfoundland once. And it turns out when I was playing in the California that I'm actually part Canadian. No doot to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. <laughs> they also draft. Uh, oh, this sucks, man. Whenever I get a- I get anxiety when I see these names. Just screw them up. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> uh, University of Saskatchewan. What's the receiver's name? Lynch? Julon? Julon Lynch. Good for you, man. That's uh, The best part is is you had the nuts to actually go ahead and do it and not just defer to the guy who's been covering the University of Saskatchewan I know. Huskies I know. for the past several years. Uh, Julon uh, plays the game like a man. Big physical receiver. He almost reminds me a bit of a Darius Bohm because he has every tool in his toolbox Except he gets the dropsy sometimes. 
Okay. So that's a Darius early in his career. <laughs> it, yeah. No, it really is. Because when you watch Julon at Husky games, he's just – he can go through stretches where he is the best player on the field by a mile. And then once in a while, you'll see him get hit right in the hands – and ball goes to turf. And the 7,000 people at Griffith Stadium all collectively go, oh. <laughs> now, this is a name I'm definitely going to screw up. The Stampeders also took the the defensive back, actually the player with the fastest 40 time at the Combine, a defensive back, Tunde Adelike. Ah, I pretended like I knew what it uh you see, the thing like- is, Trav, you haven't learned that if you don't know it, you just say it faster. <laughs> Try it again. Or cough. Tunde Adelike, fastest 40 time at the Combine. How'd I do? That You sounded confident enough. I now believe that is exactly how it's said. <laughs> As for BC, I really... BC, they always draft the guys with the best names. Uh, Daniel Vandervoort goes third overall. He comes from McMaster. The Tiger Cats were actually trying to trade up in the draft to get this guy. But last year, he's another one of those guys. 11 touchdowns, 39 catches, 664 yards. Do they go receiver there because of Sean Gore retiring and they wanted more depth? I think so. I think that made it a natural pick, although his name sounds like a Dutch soccer player. <laughs> He he could fit in on that World Cup team. You never know. <laughs> I just put my shirt over my head, and I'm running around the studio, and I ran into a glass door. Uh, <laughs> they also took uh, Junior Luke, a defensive lineman from Montreal, and old lineman Jeremy Zaver from Regina, three-time, three-time Canada West All-Star. 19 Canada West players taken. Another guy that uh, was taken by the Lions to go back to your receiving mention is Mitch Hillis from the yep. Saskatchewan Huskies. Again, I'm a little biased, but I, I, I like BC's draft a lot. I think that they, you know, I think they basically went to Sean Gore and said, hey, man, time to uh, make a decision here. Uh, he decided to retire, and to me, they got a couple guys that can step in right from the U Sports game. I actually also think all three Ontario teams had a pretty darn good draft. Uh, Hamilton goes with two Calgary kids, Connor McGough on defensive line, and Braden Schramm on offensive line. And the Argos, they get Mason Woods, uh, first offensive lineman off the board. And they also get defensive back from Calgary, Robert Woodson. A lot of good players out of that program. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of balls thrown Woodson's way, and that was with good reason i mean i'm a guy that was on the sidelines and it's funny when you don't hear a defensive backs name often sometimes that's sometimes a sign that he's really really good yeah yeah you just kind of forget about him and his last name doesn't hurt him <laughs> no exactly i i almost wonder if he actually is a an offspring of charles woodson that also happened to have like a third cousin twice removed that once worked at a beaver store that's selling beaver beaver lumber Remember Pe- Beaver Lumber? I do remember Beaver Lumber. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring back Beaver Lumber. I'm sorry, Home Depot. I love you. I got my gardening stuff from you. But bring back Beaver Lumber. I'll be the first in line. I'll be I don't even know what I would buy. But some lumber? Yes. <laughs> that's what about a, some What about a beaver? Like That's a good like, place like, to could, start. Could you buy a pet beaver at Beaver Lumber? 
That'd be sick. Are there still beaver lumber stores? I don't think so. The, okay, you keep doing actual analysis, and I'm going to Google okay. to see if there's beaver lumber. Okay, awesome. Uh, I mean, the Red Blacks, they had a good one. They took uh, offensive lineman Evan Johnson from the University of Saskatchewan. <laughs> Guy's a straight-up beast. Nice, nice. And, and a beauty. Uh, oh, a beauty, too. He's a beaut. I love these offensive linemen because I, I got to assume the Huskies hang out at the Great Wall of Buffet, China. Oh, the what the hell? The Great Wall of China Buffet in Saskatoon. You mean the Great Buffet of China? Yes. Did, uh, like for a guy that used to live in Saskatoon, I'm still I'm still floored that uh, you had a mistake there. Um, but I called that place the Great Wall of China for the past whatever 400 years. I love that place. I had. Big fish tank. I haven't been there for a while. It's probably rat and everything, but I, <laughs> I really want to go. Did you know that Beaver Lumber was owned by Molson? No. Yes. It was wow. purchased. It was purchased by Home Hardware in the year two thousand. Used to be. It was founded in nineteen oh six and was defunct in two thousand. Man, what I wouldn't give. For the Beaver Lumber logo on a shirt, it's like this. That's a green, great logo. It's this green beaver against the yellow background. Like I feel like that'd make a great hipster, hipster shirt. Man, uh, did Home Hardware kill them? Uh, I basically says it's uh, Molson, the Montreal-based brewing giant, brought Beaver Lumber for forty million dollars in seventy-two. In eighty-seven, they sold them or part of them at, no they didn't kill them Molson sold the retail chain of home hardware for 68 million dollars so about the advertising budget of uh Canadian 67 is there any way we can make like a beaver lumber two and out t-shirt like th- that's that's so two and out to be sponsored by a business that doesn't exist anymore like <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing is, is I I don't even have access to Photoshop anymore now that I don't work for the radio station, so I can't update our logos. I think the biggest, <laughs> I think the 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 presenting sponsors for Two and Out should be Kmart and Beaver Lumber. <laughs> what about Zellers? Okay, Zellers was great. Let me tell you, the fries and gravy at the Zellers restaurants destroy anyone that exists now. <laughs> I remember going, my grandpa always took me to the Sellers restaurant. It was like our special treat. Like, And then you like, if it wasn't at Zellers, you went to Kmart. Where do you go now if it's not at Zellers? Man, Target just screwed everything up. This country has lost a few. Oh, I'm so sad. Uh, <laughs> poor Montreal Alouettes. Now, <laughs> their first pick. Uh, was in the second round. They couldn't get into the first. Uh, defensive lineman Fabian Foot from McMaster. Were you a bit surprised that they went defensive lineman first? Oh, because the team is entirely made up of 42 defensive linemen? Yes! I was a little surprised, and then I thought to blame Jim Pop, and then I'm like, wait a minute, Jim Pop's not there anymore. What the hell is going on? It's some- <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know what it is. Montreal, you know, needing some experience at GM. You know who they called? Who? uh, uh. Hey, guys. (laughs) Uh, 
Man, I've watched an event of the Blue Jays. Hello? Montreal, what? That's <laughs> yeah, Jim Barker. Drunk Jim Barker! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No first round pick. Yeah, he did the thing and you got nobody to pick. Oh, boy. Oh, you, have you ever watched this baseball thing? There's a lot of big guys out there. <laughs> you know what else? There should be a lot of big Let's have a team. Let's have a team. A team. A team. <laughs> Of, like, big guys like baseball. We don't need no little guys. That that um, a guy with a suit is on the TV. I just love him. I, he says, gotta be big and mean. And we're going to. No, 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 no. I'm going to call up the CFL draft right. No, no, no. Hang up on you. Hang up. Hello, CFL draft. That's yeah, Jim Barker. I'm picking for Montreal. Jim says, give us a lineman. A defensive, not offensive. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I know I got 17 of them in camp. <laughs> what did you call my? Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, hey, Montreal owner. Hey, Bob. Bob. <laughs> Bob. 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 Bob, I love you. You're the man. What am I doing again? Oh, yeah, baseball. Bye, Bob. <laughs> hey, J- Jim, Jim. Hey. But, How come you didn't get the job in Edmonton? I don't know. I was, was it was this thing we're supposed to do the uh, what do you call it? It's supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like <laughs> you're the like interview? In- interested in the thing, but you <laughs> the just interview. need the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the inner blue. <laughs> so like, I showed up for the inner blue. <laughs> But, like, man, I ran into some guys I knew and just, whoo. As Brazilian Thai would call it, they call it zesty. I got zesty. Jim, Jim. What? That's What's traffic? your favorite watering hole in uh, Edmonton? Uh, I don't know. It's, I just stumbled in some guy's basement. It looked like a football field, and I figured <laughs> I was the GM there. This guy named Andrew. First he said, what the hell are you doing with my house? And I said, don't worry about it. I got some keystones. Oh, the turf district. Yeah. That. <laughs> Are you passing out on me? <sighs> yeah, he passed out. <sighs> <laughs> he is out. I hope he's I hope he's in the recovery position. I, I, I made sure that drunk Jim is in the recovery position. Okay, good. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> the one recurring character we have on two and out. Drunk Jim Barker. <laughs> I thought Montreal's draft was a little different. Um, well, now you know why. I'm just pretty sure I gave you the story of why. So this is why they took Alexander Morrison uh, that early? That's, uh, that's in, and it's not French enough sounding. If you're going to go play for the Alouettes, you know, like Marco <laughs> Olivier Brouillet, you know, yeah. S- Scott Flory. Yeah. Even though Scott's as English as they come, I just saw him the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be more of an Alexander. <laughs> oh my! If if his Alexander, like if it ended R E, it would be French, but it's not. No, no, no. It's no. It's it's so they thought it was, and they tried, and they failed, and they shouldn't have used Drunk Jim as a consultant. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. I was wondering why you weren't letting me stop. (laughs) Because I uh, 
found some uh, carrot muffins from Co-op with uh, some cream cheese on them. So Co-op, thanks. Um, where, where did you Where did you find those? Ah, at work today. While I work in a, a building, I'm Z ninety eight nine, the rock station, and then yep. we have the country station. And they had some country artists in, and they had a lunch for like uh, the listeners. And I just got all the leftovers. That's uh, at least you're not raiding anybody's fridges again, Travis. But uh, no, so I got muffins, cookies, chips, and sandwiches. Well, thanks for sharing. No Even problem, it's buddy. Kind of impossible <laughs> considering, you know, you live in Red Deer and I'm in Saskatoon. <laughs> Let's wrap up with Edmonton. Uh, they take Nate Bahar, receiver from Carleton, was their uh, pick in the first round. And a lot of people thought that he would actually go over Vandervoort. But his name wasn't as cool. That might be it. That is exactly it because, again, Vandervoort sounds like that he is also a star striker for the Dutch. Always go with that. Now, this Bahar kid, I don't know if you've followed along on Twitter. He sounds like the best guy ever. His tweet, at Edmonton Asks, it just says, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, he wants to be in Edmonton. He is jacked to be in Edmonton. And they've already got a lot of personalities on that team. Just follow Odell Willis whenever the Oilers have a a home game. And... uh, (laughs) Well, well, especially, too, with, with getting this kid and having having the big personality. I, I mean, for the most part, I think Edmonton misfired with, you know, a lot of project picks. But, you know, you can't go wrong with the, with a Canuck kid, wants to be there, you know, out of Carleton University, a program that's really started turning around. So I do I do like that pick. And, and I just think to myself, like, if I was drafted in today's day and age, what would I say on Twitter? It would probably be about the same. Like, I love you. When does the contract show up? How many suspensions would you get? Would you get for having Twitter while you were playing in the CFL? I was only warned by the National Lacrosse League once as a broadcaster. Wow! Only warned once. <laughs> but now, now I don't have to um, abide by their policies anymore. So suck it. <laughs> See, dude, dude, this is my good friend, John Cullen, put out a comedy album. The guy's done some yuck yucks just for last before. My boy John, part of his comedy album is a bit on how we should bring back Suck It. And I'm going to live by this because of my boy John. So suck it, NLL. I got that banned from my elementary school in grade four. That surprised me. <laughs> that wraps up our draft talk. When are we going weekly? It's got to be right away. Does it have to be? I just want to wake up and... It'll, yeah, I guess it'll be right away, eh? <laughs> it's May 8th! Uh, we'll figure it out eventually. When do camp start? When's the first round of cuts? Uh, Well, camp start, I think, on the 28th. Oh, so there. And then you got like a week, and then they do cuts. You can't do the camp previews. And it's like two weeks. Then, like, who cares about the first preseason games? Sometime in, like, August we'll go weekly. Ever since you became a car salesman. Yes, I meant to say that. I I, meant to say that. I meant to say that. You became more lazy. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I am not a car salesman. I meant to say that. I said it on purpose. You know what? Maybe if you got my job right once in a while, Trav, I'd actually care. I made John cry. No, yeah. No, no that was drunk, Jim, I swear. 
<laughs> All right, buddy. When am I going to talk to you again? Um, whenever you buy a Honda. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> you're, so, you're so greasy. <laughs> we'll do t- Where do we'll you do- work? Where do you work? Meidel Honda. Come see us. 373-7477 if you're out of town. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, rate and review. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow, like, on Facebook and Twitter. I think I got it right this time. Uh, yeah, you did. And maybe in other episodes during the in other episodes during the season, we actually talk, you know, more football. We'll talk to you soon. It's almost June yet. Woohoo!